We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Bob Berg. Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence, with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, itself has sold over 975,000 copies and has been translated into 29 languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series is the Go-Giver Influencer. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is also an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his town of Ju- Juniper, Jupiter, <laughs> Jupiter, Florida. Goodness, Bob, welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. It's so great to be with you. I'm excited, not only because I love your book, but because you love furry friends and animals, and I am a big animal lover myself. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Um. So the Go-Giver is, I was really excited to get you on the show because it's a book I read many years ago and it actually very much influenced my networking philosophy. So wow. can you share with our listeners that may not be familiar with the Go-Giver, what is, what is the premise of the book? What's it all about? Yeah, it's a um, it's a parable uh, co-authored with John David Mann, who is just a, a fantastic writer. I'm I'm kind of the how-to person, and he's the storyteller of the mm-hmm. team. And uh, uh, although he's a, he's a great entrepreneur himself, but the the premise, Lori, is really that shifting your focus, and this is really where it begins, shifting your focus uh, from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is uh, not only a, a uh, a more pleasant way of conducting business. It's actually the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some you know, way out there, woo-woo type of magical, mystical reasons. Not at all. It's actually very um, logical when you think about it. When you're that person who is able to take your focus off yourself and place it on others, right? Making their lives better, helping them solve their problems, discovering what they want, need, desire, and helping them to get it. Well, you know, obviously people feel good about you. They they want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be a part of your, your life, your business. Uh, they're more likely to want to be your personal walking ambassadors. So you've got the five laws. Um, can you share a little bit more about that? Give us a high level overview on what exactly that is. 
Sure. The uh, the laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Uh, the law of value is really all about making the buying experience so extraordinary for that other person um, that they feel as though they receive much more than what they paid for, which they did in terms of the, the actual value, which is different from price, right? Price is a dollar figure. Value is that the, the sort of relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. Uh, you know, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to you that you will willingly exchange your money for it and feel great about it? It's like going to a restaurant and maybe it's a high-priced restaurant uh, and the bill is a high bill, but the 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 uh, deliciousness of the food, the presentation, the exquisite service, the ambiance, the the way the waitstaff takes care of you and makes you feel, you know, every single thing about that restaurant is just wow. And, you know, so you may have paid $150, $200, but you come away feeling like, you you know, like a couple thousand dollars, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so you got more than what you paid for. You, you And yet the... The um, restaurant owner, obviously, their costs are less than what they charge for the food. So they made a, a, a very nice profit themselves. So the law of value is all about providing that exquisite experience. Uh, so the other person feels great about it and you make a, a great profit as well. Um, the law of value says that your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So it's not enough for the restaurant owner to have, you know, one customer, right? They obviously need to serve or impact the lives of many, many, many diners uh, in order to make a very healthy income. And it's the same with all of us. Law number three, the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. This one's sort of important to 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 go into a little bit only because uh, it can easily be misconstrued. When we say place the other person's interests first, we do not mean that you should be anyone's doormat, right, or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply understanding, as Joe, the, the protege in the story, learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by genuinely moving from that I focus or me focus to that other focus, making your win all about their win. Law number four, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, in the story, one of the mentors, Deborah, shared a very important lesson that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you show up as yourself, right, day after day, week after week, month after month, uh, you inspire trust in people. People feel very comfortable with you. They feel very safe with you. They uh, they begin to know, like, love, and, and, and trust you and want to be in relationship with you. Law number five, the law of receptivity, 
says that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And this really means nothing more than, you know, you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other. It's both. You breathe out carbon dioxide, breathe in oxygen, breathe out, which is giving, breathe in, which is receiving. Unfortunately, we learn so many negative messages from the world around us regarding money, prosperity, business, and so forth, that it really gets into the subconscious, the unconscious. And it's very easy to kind of put roadblocks, unconscious roadblocks in terms of, of money, just because of the, the horrible messages. So what we like people to know is that giving and receiving, <laughs> excuse me, are not opposite concepts. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work in tandem. It's not, are you a giver or a receiver? You're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is that in life, the giving comes first, right? The giving of value. And so long as that's your focus, and then you allow yourself to receive now you're in a position of, of real strength and prosperity and, and abundance. I love that. Um, great breakdown of the, of the five laws. I think that's fantastic. And, and like I said, your book definitely had a huge impact on, on the philosophies I take Thank around you. relationships and, and business in general. Um, one of the things you alluded to was mentorship, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit because I find that seems to be a really hot topic today, especially when a lot of businesses are struggling. Um, so what's the best way to, to find a, a mentor and, and what recommend, I guess, what recommendations would you have to someone that is trying to find one um, overall? Well, I think finding a mentor is a great idea because uh, the right mentor uh, can cut your learning curve time by by years. Uh, it's not always necessarily uh, you know easy to find one, but um, but it, it's certainly absolutely doable. Uh, what I would suggest first of all is that it's someone, and again, this depends on what you do and and for a living and and other factors. But uh, you know, if you can find someone who has been successful in that business already. Uh, that's, you know, obviously a, a plus, uh, so long as this person also has similar values uh, as you and values and, and a style that you would want to emulate. Um, but it's not necessary in terms of mentorship that this person necessarily is in or has been in the business that you're in. It could be a, a mentor in terms of life principles and strategies and so forth. So again, it really depends on the, the situation. But, but in terms of seeking out a mentor, my feeling is that you want to go about it in a way that you understand that a mentor-protege relationship is just that. It's a relationship and it takes time to develop. I see so many people who will approach someone who they, they respect and who they'd like to mentor them and say something like, hey, I really need a mentor. Would you be my mentor? And I think when doing that, it, it, it doesn't create um, that person wanting to, it doesn't create the environment where that person really wants to. Because first of all, 
if you're asking them, there's a good chance lots of other people are asking them. So they've got, you know, they're busy people and they've got lots of people who want their time, who basically want their free advice is, is what it comes down to. And, and when you just ask someone to be your mentor, you don't distinguish yourself as any, anyone special, anyone as to, to what, you know, sort of like asking a person, Hey, would you, you know, share 30 years of your experience with me, even though you don't know me from a hole in the wall? So I, I wouldn't approach it that way. Uh, I'd be more inclined to to uh, approach it more humbly and in a way that that, again, creates the environment where that person wants to take their time with you. So you can really approach anyone like that who you admire and simply say, listen, you know, I know you're very busy. And if this is not something you have the time to do or even the desire to do, totally, totally understandable. I'm wondering if I might ask you one or two very specific questions. Now, when you approach the person that way, you're doing a few different things. One, you're, you know, you're acknowledging the fact that this is very special and that it's, it's something that, you know, you're, you're making a big ask. Um, so you're approaching with, with respect. Um, you're letting this person, you're giving this person an out or back door. You're letting them know right away that, hey, if this is just something you don't have to time to do or, or just would rather not, absolutely, I, I totally understand. And when you do this, it doesn't come across as entitled. It comes across more as someone who understands what you're asking. And that person's much more likely to, to want to, to do for you. But here's the other thing. You didn't ask, you know, will you be my mentor or will you give me limited numbers? What you said was, uh, or unlimited, you know, hours to, you know, what you instead said was, may I ask you one or two very specific questions? What this tells the person is that you are someone who has your act together. You, you have a plan, you have an agenda. And when I say agenda in this case, I mean that in a good way. You know, you're not just gonna come in to try to pick his brain or pick her brain and try, no, you actually have very specific questions. So they're much more likely to take you seriously and, and be willing to either sit down with you or, or uh, Skype or Zoom or you know be on the phone with you or, or whatever it is. Now, you wanna make sure that you don't take anymore. First of all, uh, what I'd suggest is make sure you have totally researched this person, right? Mm -hmm. So, which you should be able to do on the internet. And so you, first of all, you don't ask them anything, the answer to which you could have easily looked up, which of course that will be very counterproductive <laughs> to the relationship. Um, but uh, so you ask, you know, a couple of questions, you don't take much of their time, you you thank them for their time and let them know how how much you appreciate it. And you look forward to applying their their wisdom. Then that very day, I would write a, a handwritten personalized thank you note uh, that, again, just a brief one that just says, you know, uh, dear Mr. So-and-so or dear Ms. So-and-so or hi, first name, whatever, however the relationship's been established, uh, you know, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to answer my questions. Your wisdom is invaluable and I look forward to applying it right away. Uh, I'll let you know, or I'll keep in touch and, and let you know how things are coming or, you know, something, what have you. Um, and then I'd also that day 
I would make a, a small, and it, again, doesn't have to be big, but a small donation to their favorite charitable cause, which again, you should be able to find just by researching them. Uh, let's say they're, you know, they're, they're very big on animal, you know, with their local animal shelter or something. And so you make a, do a small donation in their name. Uh, it will get back to them. You know, they'll be notified. Now you're not doing it to kiss up to the person. You're simply doing it to, again, communicate that you take this seriously and how thank you, how thankful, excuse me, you are for their time. So between the, <clears throat> the thank you note, you know, the handwritten thank you note and the, the donation, you know, again, you've just made a good impression with this person. Uh, and then again, you know, you can follow up a few weeks later or, or whatever with an email or maybe a text if that's how they want to be contacted or a, a call or what have you and ask another question. And eventually, if a mentor protege relationship, ongoing relationship is supposed to, to occur, it will. If mm -hmm. not, it won't. Don't be emotionally attached to that happening. You might have a whole bunch of, you know, one-time meeting mini mentors, right? Or, or whatever, until you find one that's going to be your eventual mentor. It, it, you, never, you never know. But that that's how I would go about approaching it, Lori. I love that. Um, I wish I, I would have known that philosophy many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really hope that our listeners take that. And I, I love the step-by-step -step tactical approach and really being specific and intentional with yeah. those, those questions um, that will show you appreciate the knowledge of that individual. Um, and, and that little touch at the end with the donation to their favorite um, charitable cause, I think is, is definitely uh, fantastic. Oh, thank you. So, Bob, my goal with this show is to really alleviate any fears that people have when they hear that word networking. Um, so can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Well, I think the best networking experiences is uh, is, is simply when you successfully establish a potential relationship. You know, networking is really the cultivating of mutually beneficial give and take or give and receive win-win relationships. The, the emphasis obviously on the give. So when you go to, when you go to a networking event, let's say, and you meet someone, your entire plan should be to give value in terms of just making that person feel good about themselves. Okay. So when you can focus on their business and on what they do and you ask them questions and they're not salesy questions, prospecty questions, they're not intrusive, they're not invasive, but when you ask them what they do and they tell you and, and you ask them, you know, how they got started in their business, I mean, that's such a great question because nobody gets asked that question, mm -hmm. right? And yet you're asking them that question and they appreciate that so much. Uh, another great question is to ask them what they enjoy most about what they do. Uh, again, it's just a question that feels good to, to answer it. And then don't worry about them not knowing what you do. They don't care right now anyway. Your, your only, you know, your, your only goal at this networking function is to take the pressure off of yourself by taking the focus off of yourself and instead focus on them. Uh, a, a wonderful question to ask, what I call the one key question that will separate you from the rest is to simply say, uh, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with uh, would be a good client for you? 
mm-hmm. again, you're, you're, you're totally communicating and creating value for them. You might set that up by saying, you know, Dave or Mary, I, I always love connecting good people with other good people. Tell me, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with is a good potential customer for you? Now, you know, think about the impression you're making on that person when you do that. And, uh, and you know, that's a, that's a good networking experience. When you come over, when this person has, was, was happy to meet you and, and, and you can tell you really uplifted them and made their day. Now you want to make sure to get their contact information, which is to ask them for their business card at the end, they'll give it to you and, and, and they'll ask you for yours and you give it to them. But really the big thing is you get theirs because then you're going to start the follow up and follow through process uh, and, and send them that personalized handwritten note and you start from there. So, so a great networking experience isn't that you make a sale. That's hardly ever going to happen, okay? The greatest networking experience is to just make a good connection. So you started, you, you just touched on this a little bit, but how does one best nurture that network and that community that they're, and their relationships? Well, so the first thing is, again, I would send a personalized handwritten thank you note to that person that day. And it, 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 simply says, and I, I actually have my own, you know, personalized note cards that, that, um, that we use. And it simply says, hi, Dave, or hi, Mary. Thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you at the so-and-so event. Uh, enjoyed learning about your business. If I can ever refer business your way, I certainly will. Best regards, so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Now you put that in a number 10 envelope and you hand stamp it, uh, and you you send it out that day. I mean, what an impression you make on that person when the next day or two days later at the most, they get this, this personalized handwritten thank you note. And again, it's not a postcard. You put it inside a, an envelope mm-hmm. and they take it out and it's got your, uh, uh, you know, it's got your contact information. It, it does, it has the benefit statement of what you do. If you're a financial planner on the very bottom, it might say helping people create and manage wealth or something, whatever. But the, but there's plenty of room to write. It's got your small head and shoulders professional picture on it. And there's plenty of room to write though. It's not a, a direct response piece. It's a thank you note. And it says in, in blue ink and it says, thank you. You know, hi Dave or hi Mary. Thank you. It was a pleasure in right. And if I can ever refer business your way, I certainly will. Again, that's just a, uh, it, it's a superb second impression, you know, on that person. Often they'll keep that note by the way. But uh, also you can, if, if you, if in their information and when you, or look, you look them up and you see they're on LinkedIn or Facebook, you can always connect there as well and so forth. But what you really want to do um, over that next period of time is to, uh, as you said, nurture that relationship. So when you can send information to them that they would find interesting, not about, not about your business, but you might know this person uh, graduated from Notre Dame, right? And so you, hey, look on the Notre Dame website, see what's happening, see if there's some information about Notre Dame that you can print out and send to them with a little note that just says, hey, I remember you saying you're a, uh, you know, fighting Irish and I, and, uh, I saw this, thought you might be interested, boom. Uh, or you, you find there's something about their business that you might think it would be a good prospect for them. And you make a call and you do some research and find out who the contact person is. And, and then you let them know, you know, there's all sorts of, you can connect them with other good people. You can, 
uh, you know, there, there's just there's so many ways you can retweet a tweet of theirs or, you know, re, or 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 repost a, a LinkedIn uh, comment. So there's all sorts of ways that you can f- that you can find to add value to another human being and develop that know, like, and trust relationship. I love that. Lots of good insights. You definitely tackled from the digital perspective, but um, I love the emphasis on the handwritten note and the the um, really positioning that message to them to focusing back on that individual and that you're you're going to try to your best to be a resource and refer business their way if, if possible. Yeah, exactly. So, Bob, what advice would you offer that business professional who is really looking to grow their network? I think start now, you know, begin making connections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, don't try to don't try to do it, you know, with everybody. And, you know, it's it's but pick and choose and be open to everyone. Um, But, you know, you you just start. I mean, it's it's really as simple as that. Love it. Yeah. It, it, it is. I, I, I don't think it's needs to be overcomplicated by any exactly, means. <laughs> exactly. No, it doesn't. Bob, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh, that's probably easy. I, I would tell 20 year old uh, me, I'd say, young Bob Berg, shut up, talk less, listen much more, realize that. Pretty much everything you think you know that you're absolutely positively sure you know just is not true. Because <laughs> I really funny? thought I knew it all <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah, it, it is funny how our minds, we're, we're like programmed that way for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we learn. I, I realize the more I learn, the less I know. <laughs> it, it, ain't, ain't that the truth? Indeed, indeed. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Mm, let's say, see, who would I most like to connect with? Gosh, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, there's a whole lot of interesting people, but I don't really necessarily feel the need to connect with any one person. Um I'm also never sure that that six degrees is actually, you know, true. It could be, it really could be, but I, I, I don't know it. I, I've often wondered if that's one of those things that sounds really good, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but not sure. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a tough one. You, you've, you've got me on that one. All right. I've stumped Bob Berg. <laughs> yes, you have. You have stumped Bob Berg. Uh, absolutely. Great. Um, you know, I, I think, with LinkedIn and technology, it is a lot easier to make those contacts and connections within six degrees. I think it was a little bit more yeah. time before. That's, that's a good point. Became a thing. Because now I'm like LinkedIn, you can see who your network knows, where previously it was very much a one to one conversation to figure yeah, out right, who, else, right. who else do these people know. <laughs> um, All right. So um, I'm going to throw this at you. Something I like to do with my guests is give them the opportunity to ask me a question. So is there something you'd like to ask me? Oh, let's see. How did you get to uh, come to know our our mutual, mutual dear friend, uh, Christy Ruffino? Yeah. So she um, 
has a women's networking group called the Dynamic Professional Women's Network. Mm-hmm. And early on, uh, when I started my business, I, I realized that the way for me to grow and create awareness about what it is that I do is to get out there and connect. And when I found that there was a group specific to female and, and women entrepreneurs, um, I was fascinated. So I joined the Milwaukee chapter. Um, and then uh, over time, I got to, to meet her. And um, we've been advocates of each other's businesses uh, for many years now. I want to I don't even know. It's I, I think I joined it pretty much right around the time it started. Um, and she's really grown and evolved her her business and her brand and her oh. offering. Um, and it's just been really neat to watch her grow. And and likewise, she's been kind of doing the same thing for me. Yeah. Uh, one more question for you, if I may. Sure. Uh, I know on your on your website, you know, when you talk about your team, mm-hmm. uh, you you talk about you know really hiring people based on their strengths. Yes. And so, how did you come to understand that that was really a, something that would distinguish you? Uh, because you don't. You also, aside from just doing that, you don't hear many people communicating that. Sure. Um, well, when I, I read the book Strength Finders, and goodness, I don't even remember when I first read that and took the assessment. I was fascinated by the concept. And, you know, it's just a quick 30 page read mm-hmm. um, with the, the story. Um, and then you get into the strengths. But um, just over time, I, I I just it made sense to me, you know, why? I'm a big fan of education and teaching and learning um, and helping others grow, but why focus on their weaknesses and and try to just help them fill voids where we can identify a strength that someone has and really help them flourish and grow within that area. So I think it definitely makes sense to identify what your strengths are, figure out what you need on your team, and then find individuals that, that fill those holes. Have you found your clients to be very receptive to that? Is that something they've ever brought up during, let's say, a first conversation with you after they've been to your site? Um, no. <laughs> you know, it's it's maybe had been um, touched a handful of times, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a main uh, selling point. I would say. Well, and maybe they see it on an unconscious level and think, wow. You know, mm-hmm. that that's neat. We're going to have, you know, a bunch of people who all bring their different strengths to the table, but it gets on and it gets to them on an unconscious level and they don't realize necessarily how much that has uh, touched them. Sure. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think there's a lot of things that, you know, it's important to put your message out there. But what people communicate back to you is probably just a small fraction of what they're actually taking in. Great point. Yeah. Great. Bob, do you have any um, final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, I mean, I I think it's all, you know, it all comes down to where your focus is. And when you can, when you can focus on, I always say, be internally motivated, but outwardly focused. So when your focus can always be on bringing value to others, you're really always facing in the right direction. Because people respond to that. And so long as it comes from an authentic uh, place, uh, I think you really, you know, you really begin to develop those no like and trust relationships pretty big time. 
I love that. Kind of aligns with your, the five laws that you have. Sure. Totally. If anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Best place is just to go to Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. Everything is pretty much right there on the site, including the uh, uh, including a chapter or excerpt from any of the books in the Go-Giver series or any of my other books. Fantastic. We'll include that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. My pleasure, Lori. Thank you for having me. This is a great conversation and um, I'm excited to continue to follow you online and Aww. get all of your fantastic insights. Aww. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Bob Berg for taking the time to connect with us. If you'd like to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com, search for Social Capital Network. If you'd like to send me an email, Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.